You know, it's a good lineup. Um, probably the first hitter of the game, just, you know, putting her up on the board in the first swing. Some really good left-handed hitters in the lineup. Um, they, they got some hits, you know, that's because of good hitters. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. brought this up yesterday and Dean and lacrosse had to take a dump all over my party uh I'm addicted to the show suits I can't stop watching it I can't stop thinking about it sitting here in studio today prepping topics preparing researching uh, Keston here is hitting what in triple a oh, but what about his right-handed split? his left-handed splits Jesse Winker he he hasn't had a double or a, a triple or a home run in how long you know writing down and I'm sitting here trying to do my work And all I can think about is this damn TV show. I love so much TV shows that were made for TV. Because now we have Succession and Thrones. And back in the day, we had The Sopranos. This is nothing new. HBO shows are shows that are meant for streaming. Shows that are meant to be watched start to finish without commercial interruption. Maybe I like a little commercial interruption. Maybe I like the natural ebbs and flows and segments of show. I'm a big segments guy. What can I say? I work in radio. I like a rising action. I like a climax. (gasps) Cliffhanger, music cuts out, go to commercial. That's why I like watching TV and movies on cable. I like shows that are made for TV. I love House, and this Suits show is severely impacting my ability to do my job this week. I stayed up until 1.15 in the morning last night slash this morning watching this show i don't ever do that like maybe i will stay up until 11 30 because i drag my butt getting into bed because i'm scrolling twitter i don't stay up until 1 a.m watching tv i can't quit this show dean and lacrosse well that's not what real lawyering is like well you know what dean go tell it to a jury because that's your job and you seem to love doing that so much why don't you go annoy a jury and stop annoying me and telling me what not to watch on tv and what is and what isn't realistic okay I love Dean as a caller. I don't. I don't mean to come across as aggressive. I just. I didn't, I didn't get much sleep last night because I've been watching this TV show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. We had a tremendous Bill Michaels show this afternoon. Uh, if you are someone who's an all-day listener and you can't stop listening to sports talk radio, maybe you enjoy the morning show here on WOZN, the flagship with Evo and Rowdy. Maybe you listen to Bill Michaels. Bill Michaels just went open season on Dave Matthews today. And I'm involved with his show and I have to support what he does and what he says. I I cannot, I I cannot back that up. I wasn't going to disagree with him on his platform today. I wasn't going to do that. But just know that if you were listening earlier today and Dave was wailing against the Dave Matthews band and Dave Matthews band concerts, I I can't co-sign on that. I I can't be a part of that. So that's what I was doing this afternoon. I, I was listening to Bill rip on Dave Matthews band. My ears are hearing him talk about Dave Matthews. My heart is thinking about the TV show suits and my brain is trying to figure out why Jesse Winker is not just playing at all, but hitting cleanup. Doesn't make any sense. We'll talk about that in a little bit, maybe 15, 20 minutes. I want to talk about Jesse Winker and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Keston Hira. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's time. I've cracked. I'll join. I'll bite. The Brewers should probably call up Keston Hira. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Fine. 
Those of you who've been begging for it for weeks, I'm with you, okay? I've I've crossed over the aisle. I'm extending an olive branch. Let's talk about Keston here. That's coming up in a little bit. 608-321-1670 if you'd like to call the show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you'd like to tweet back and forth or maybe DM me something, be a part of the show that way, whatever. But you can contact me if you need questions. Hey, Grant, how do I listen? I don't have a state. I'm on Twitter. Speak with my people at Wisco Grant. Someone will get in touch with you. It'll be me because I'm the only one involved with the show. I want to start with the Brewers. Last night, a lot of people were poo-pooing the Brewers' chances against the Phillies last night, including uh, somebody on the morning show that I just referenced, Rowdy. Nelson, RJ, or actually RJ is the other. I would, for the longest time, I, and I'm hand up, I'll admit this. I thought RJ and Nelson were the same people because the only time I would ever really listen or be a part of the show is when I called in and, you know, I only hear voices. RJ and Nelson are not the same people. That would be Rowdy slash Nelson on the morning show. Yesterday, he was banging the Phillies drum. He's like, yeah, I think the Brewers are going to lose like eight to three. Julio Tehran's got bad stats against the Phillies. He used to pitch in that division. These guys have seen him. Bryce Harper's seen him a bunch. This seems like a come-down-to-earth game for the Brewers. And he was picking the Phillies like 8-3. to three. And I was like, oh, no, 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 Julio Tehran, he, he knows the hitters. Bryce Harper has is, is faced Julio Tehran. Julio Tehran's faced Bryce Harper. right? I'm, I'm trying to gas up my team. I'm trying to speak with some positivity here. Then yesterday afternoon, I saw our friend Ben Kenny tweeting trash talk about Aaron Nola and the Brewers. Aaron Nola, who was the starting pitcher for the Phillies last night. He tweeted this, Aaron Nola in 10 career starts against the Brewers. 10 starts, 5-1 record, 59 innings pitched, 2.28 ERA, 70 strikeouts, a whip of slightly over 1, 1.19, which for a starting pitcher is pretty darn good. So I'm jumping in his mentions. We're due, Ben. We're due. Julio Tehran is due. The Brewers offense is due. And then Ben turned around and said, well, Julio Tehran has been due since April. To which I'm like, yeah, maybe he's right. So I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I went into last night with my fingers crossed. And I'm hopeful. I'm a glass half full guy most of the time. So I'm driving home from the station because the show got done early. The show got done at five and it'll get done early tonight as well. Driving home. The game has barely started. We're 30 seconds into the broadcast. And Kyle Schwarber goes yard on the first pitch of the game and i'm sitting behind my steering wheel going oh maybe rowdy was right maybe ben was right maybe maybe the brewers are about to get clobbered and i thought after the first inning the first two innings the first three innings the brewers were behind it was three to nothing after the third inning the phillies put up a run in each of the first three frames and i thought this is over We've seen this a million times, right? Especially earlier this season. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Brewers fall behind three to nothing in the second inning, right? The opposing team gets one run in the first. They come back in the second after the Brewers go three up, three down. The team puts up two more runs. It's three nothing. It's the second inning. And we're all sitting at home thinking, I probably don't have to watch the rest of this game. Probably don't need to see this one through all nine innings. Probably go do something else. Go outside. I can you know, go for a run. I can get some other work done. I don't need to commit my whole night and my full attention to this game because the Brewers probably aren't going to win. Three to nothing in the second inning or the third inning, right? And I thought that last night. I'm like, yeah, this is over. Not the case. Not the case. Say what you want about Julio Tehran. And I don't know what you'd say other than he's average at best, but doing a, a fine job filling in while plenty of Brewers pitchers are hurt. Like, I don't know what kind of 
trash talk you would leverage at Julio Tehran. But if you wanted to complain about him and say that he's not very good, all right, fine. He's probably not that good, but he's doing a fine job in the interim. But no matter how you feel about Julio Tehran and no matter what you say about him, you got to give him credit. He's a tough SOB. He is a tough son of a biscuit. Because he can give up two runs, three runs. He gave up six runs against the Cubs in the first couple of innings and then turned around and locked him down the rest of the way. And I realize Julio Tehran went, what, four and two-thirds last night? Yeah, four and two-thirds. I realize he didn't get through five innings. I realize he didn't have a quality start by the letter of the law. At least I don't think so. Sometimes I think that I remember what a quality start actually means, and I'm not normally right. So I don't think, I think quality start, it has to be five or six innings and three or less runs, something like that. Let me put it this way. Julio Tehran did not pitch the Brewers out of the game last night. He kept it close, kept it close enough, gave the offense a chance. And the offense couldn't do enough, but don't put that on Tehran. Don't put that on Trevor McGill, who we you know make fun of a little bit. Don't put it on Abner Uribe, who got some nice experience last night. And Craig Council talked about it in the postgame presser. Got to face the middle of the order, threw a couple of sliders, kept guys off balance. It was a nice learning, confidence-building inning for Juan Uribe, and then J.C. Mejia as well. The Brewers' offense didn't do enough, and they weren't able to complete a comeback and win last night's game. But don't put that on Julio Tehran or Trevor Miguel or Juan or Juan Uribe, Abner Uribe, or J.C. Mejia. Don't, don't put that on the pitchers, okay? I thought sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning as the game's going along, I thought, ah, oh, the offense, we might be able to steal this one. Reminded me a little bit of Sunday's game against the Reds. They just hung around, chipped away a little bit, and then they just needed a couple of things to go right in that eighth inning, and and they end up winning. They end up stealing a win on Sunday. I thought the offense was going to steal it last night. I thought we were going to steal a game. And, I mean, what can I say? Normally, when you get Jesse Winker four at-bats in a game, something's bound to happen. I'm amazed he didn't get a hit last night. (laughs) We'll talk about the offense later. The pitching did its job, and I want to talk more about the Brewers starting pitching. That's what I want to start the show with tonight. Last couple of years... This Brewers rotation has been dominant, not just statistically, but in name. They've been dominant in name, successful in name. In the past, the Brewers have had good years with their starting rotation. 2018, got a good year of uh, Yoli Shasin. Wade Miley was pretty good, but they weren't household names. They weren't starting pitchers that were known around the league as guys who were very good. The last couple of years, the Brewers have had good statistics. They've got good performance from their starting pitchers, and they've been starting pitchers that are known around the league. Corbin Burns is a good pitcher that is a household name. Same with Brandon Woodruff. Freddie Peralta, probably less, but still a pitcher that's been around, has a reputation, electric stuff. Very good for the most part. He has his bad starts, but then again, who doesn't? Eric Lauer, for for all of the things that Eric Lauer has gone through this year, Eric Lauer has been a very, very good starting pitcher the last couple of years. Yeah, this year it's been different. Corbin Burns had a so-so first half. Freddie Peralta has been Freddie. Freddie Peralta is your third or fourth starter is very good, and you can afford a dud every once in a while. The margin for error has been thinner for Freddie this year, and I think that's why maybe I've been a little bit more critical. No Brandon Woodruff, who's been hurt. We don't even talk about Eric Lauer this year. I think he's in AAA. He's like Rosemary Kennedy. He's out of sight, out of mind. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't tell. He's he's not here. We don't need to talk about where he went or what his deal is. We don't talk about Eric Lauer. He's just gone. The starting rotation this year has not been what we've been used to. They're not what they were last year or the year before 
or the year before. Lots of injuries, inconsistencies. But you know what? The results have still been pretty darn good. And last night is a good example. Julio Tehran was not awesome, but the Brewers had multiple opportunities to win that game. And we've seen that in starts by Julio Tehran before. We've seen that plenty of times now from Colin Ray. This rotation isn't as flashy, not as dominant, although if Corbin Burns has an electric second half, and we see more of what we've been seeing the last couple of starts, and Brandon Woodruff comes back, that could change. But up until this point in the season, not as flashy, not as dominant, but still good enough. And I give Rowdy, not Rowdy Telez, but Rowdy on the morning show, a lot of credit because I was driving in this morning, and I felt myself like a, like a parishioner in a church listening to the preacher preach, and I was sitting saying, mm, yeah, preach, go off, Rowdy. I was at the Church of Rowdy in my car this morning driving in. He pointed out that the Brewers are near the top of Major League Baseball in quality starts this season. Now, tops of the league, Seattle at 47, Minnesota with 46, Toronto with 45, Houston, San Diego, and Texas, 44, 43, 42 apiece. The Chicago Cubs, 41 apiece. And then the Brewers. The Brewers are in the top quadrant or so, the top third of the league in quality starts. And in a year where Corbin Burns really hasn't been nearly as good as we've been used to, Brandon Woodruff hasn't played, Eric Lauer, like I said, has disappeared. Freddie Peralta has been Freddie Peralta ups and downs. And yet, the Brewers run their starters out there. Craig Council manages his starters out onto the mound and puts them in a position and gets them to give the team a chance to win. Julio Tehran, I know it was very inauspicious at the beginning. I'm like, oh boy, they're teeing off on this guy. Well, he gave up three runs in just short of five full innings in a really tough ballpark against the lineup with some really good left-handed hitters. And the Brewers offense had multiple chances to come back and win that game. They didn't, but that's not on the pitching. I am so impressed with this Brewers team and their ability to turn out quality starts. And night after night after night, it seems at least the last couple of weeks, to be in every ball game, to have a chance to win every ball game, even when starting Julio Tehran or Colin Ray. And the numbers may or may not support this. I'm going to tell you what my brain remembers from this year. This could be wrong. This could be wrong. And maybe you remember more clearly, remember, you know, you actually remember the facts. Maybe I'm remembering feelings here. But it seems like the runaway games where it truly is over in the first and second inning and the starting pitcher is given up five, six runs and it's like this game's over. Seems like there have been more of those games coming at the hands of Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta than there have been at the hands of Colin Ray. Wade Miley. Wade Miley had one. Who was it against? The Dodgers? Wade Miley got shelled in a game earlier this year. Was it the No, they haven't played the Braves yet. I can go back and look at the game log. But it seems like, you know, Julio Tehran and Colin Ray and some of these lesser pitchers. Maybe they don't have the elite seven, eight inning starts that Burns and Peralta sometimes have, but they're in it in every game. And even Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, there have been nights down six to nothing in the first or the second inning. I think of that night against the Diamondbacks. Corbin Burns came out and got shelled. The game was over before it even started. There have really been no runaway games when Colin Ray and Julio Toronto have been on the mound. And that's a testament to those guys, of course, and their toughness to be a viable starter and give their team a viable chance to win, even when they're not mowing guys down and when they're out there working.
They're punching a time card, Colin Ray and, and Julio Teron. They're working through contact and giving up a solo shot here and there, and they need to stay on target, and they've done a really good job of that. I give them all the credit in the world, and I give the Brewers organization and Craig Council all the credit in the world because the strength of their team was supposed to be their starting rotation, their overwhelming strength, not just, hey, we, we think we have a nice rotation. No, 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 this is supposed to be a dominant rotation. It's not been the case this year, and yet they're starting pitching, still getting the job done, and still a strength relative to a lot of teams in Major League Baseball. 608-321-1670. Let's take some calls. Tweets at Wisco Grant. I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm, I'm there. I think it is time for the Brewers to get Keston Hira back here because I can't do this whole Jesse Winker thing anymore. I can't. It started out this year that Luis Urias was driving me nuts, and then they got rid of him, and then I was frustrated by Owen Miller for about a week before he kind of settled in at first base, and now it's guns ablazing straight at Jesse Winker because I can't stand watching this guy hit DH and strike out four times a game in the cleanup spot anymore. I can't do it. I won't do it. Let's talk about it next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome night. I was not too bothered by last night's loss. As I tweeted after the game, I'm like, eh, tough loss. Offense had chances, couldn't come through. The offense isn't that good right now. It hasn't really been great all year, but offense has had its moments. Last night wasn't one of them. Julio Toronto, give him credit. Looked like that game was going to get out of hand fast and he held on to the rope, and he gave the Brewers a chance to win, which is often the case with Julio Tehran or Colin Ray and, and these lesser-known guys that we never expected to be a part of the team. And they just fight. They battle. And I know the Brewers didn't win last night, but I don't have too many bad things to say. Unless you want to talk about Jesse Winker, then I have a lot of things to say. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Let's take some calls. Cone Roller, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Cone? Hey, Grant, agree with you. Last night didn't mean much to me. Um, but Jesse Winker, his his days are numbered. They're going to get a bat at the deadline. Matt Arnold has been open with the media. It sounds like they're they're going to be buying at the deadline. And I don't see a situation where Keston, as much as that pains me to say, is on this team, and neither is Jesse Winker, thank God. Um, but speaking about being open with the media, I heard your conversation about hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And... I think the Jets are being complete babies about this. I mean, Hard Knocks has been a staple for years. Showing players getting cut has been a staple for years. Where do the Jets get off, like, telling the NFL films off? I, I just don't I don't see that. And I think people who are slandering Rodgers for this are, you know, probably just part of the, the broken-brained Rodgers crew that we've seen form over the last two years. I'm just kind of annoyed by some of the players on the Jets, and it's not like Rodgers has said much publicly. I, Rodgers hasn't done too many things this offseason that would annoy people or should annoy people. I, I get a little annoyed with players on the Jets who've been there for a couple of years, and the team's been terrible, dysfunctional, like can barely play a, a, a normal, aesthetically acceptable game week to week, and now they're like, oh, things have changed. Man, we're Super Bowl. Like they're, t- like they're talking smack about not just being relevant and like being excited, but no, 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 Super Bowl championships. It's like, I don't even think Robert Sala is a good coach. You know what I mean? Like there's so many issues with this team and now I'm supposed to believe they all went away. And I, I don't know. I'm with you. Where do the Jets get off? 
they finally are relevant and they're finally we think going to be competitive and the first thing they do is get on their high horse about how they don't want to do hard knocks come on i'm with you i agree yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had John Gruden and the Raiders. We had Hugh Jackson and the Browns do hard knocks. I mean, the Jets can suck it up. It's four episodes. You know, you honestly, those players getting cut is some of the best content that comes out of hard knocks. You know, you, you start rooting for a guy week one and two, and then week three and four come around. You see him get pulled into the office. You don't know if it's going to be a good conversation or bad conversation. That's what these NFL junkies, me included, want. Yeah. 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 But it's inhumane, Cone. It's inhumane. You really think that that's not from Aaron Rodgers? You don't think the inhumane? It sounds so Rodgersy. And I'm not, look, I'm not looking to make this about Rodgers. I'll talk about Keston here for the next 45 minutes. I don't need to talk Rodgers to be entertained and to be interested. I just, all I'm saying is it sounds very much like an Aaron Rodgers thing. It sounds like Rodgers, but until I hear it out of the horse's mouth, I, I'm not going to assume. Because you know what assuming does, Grant. Yeah, well. We, we both know. Yeah, yeah, we both know. It makes an ass out of not just me, but also you, Cohen. We'd hate to assume. I, that's, that's fair. I will meet you in the middle. It sounds like Rodgers, but let's not slander Rodgers for something that we're not sure that he did or will do or ever and, did. So I'm with you. And honestly, that picture of him in number eight that got posted today, he's looking good. He's looking like the bad man. <sighs> He looks happy. I'm excited to watch the Jets. I'm very excited for football this year. And if the Jets suck, well, I guess that'll be entertaining. And if they're good, oh, that'll be cool, too. It'll be something different. Uh, I think I don't think I'm going to be salty about it. It's a win-win. You know, Jets are good. You get Rodgers back to probably MVP form if the Jets are playing well. And if they're bad, it just improves our first-round pick. So, yeah, it's a win-win in my book. It's a win-win. It's a good take cone. Stay cool down in Phoenix. I know it's hot down there, so take it easy. Be safe. Yep, 115 today, but, yep, staying cool. Almost, I wish I could live with Jesse Winker because, man, he he would cool me off real quick. Guys, a bomb. Thank you, Cone. Appreciate it. Have yep. a good one. Jesse Winker, the ultimate air conditioner. Maybe they don't need air conditioners. Maybe that's why the Brewers still employ him. They're like, well, if we keep Jesse Winker around, we don't need air conditioners in the ballpark. This guy sucks. And I don't know what dirt he has on someone in the Brewers organization. Look, it's one thing. They might not have a better option to play at DH. William William Contreras and Victor Caratini can't play every single day. So I I get it. I do. But you also don't have to hit him in the cleanup spot. Who else? I I don't know. Anyone. None of the hitters are great. Just about everyone's been better than Jesse Winker. Throw anyone in there. I could care less. Craig Council says lineups don't matter anyways. So it shouldn't matter who it's fourth as long as they're not as bad as Jesse Winker. Let's take another call, 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, you got Darnell here. Darnell, what's going on? Welcome. Well, uh, my my brother and I kind of have a little text message chat going back and forth. Every time the Brewers get on a little hot streak, he texts me. He's like, hey, the Brewers are looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, all right, you know, let's take it with a grain of salt because – I know in about two weeks you're going to text me that they lost four of the last five, right? Yeah. Let's keep it even keeled. Let's keep it smart. And he he texted me yesterday. He's like, I'm feeling an I'm feeling a ten game win streak. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that that didn't happen, obviously. Well. So it's um, a tough part of the schedule to win ten games in a row. But I appreciate the optimism. Oh yeah, I was like I was like I don't I don't think you're watch, watching with your brain. I think you're watching with your heart a little bit. But I appreciate it. Now. What is actually really underrated about this Brewers team 
is you just kind of casually mentioned it. Their starters might not be perfect, right? They don't have the perfect ERA or anything, but they just get out. Yeah. They they find a way to get deep into games. They find a way to get into the fifth inning after giving up four and three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of impressive, actually, like, that they don't – they have, like, that resolve, you know? Like, well, I'm going to – I'm going to at least get through four. I'm going to get through six. I'm going to get through five, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of, well, I gave up six runs in the first two innings, so I guess I'm done. You know what I mean? So Look at at it this way. Are you a runner? Do you ever go for a jog? Do you ever go for a run? Do you work out at our – Darnell, what what kind of working out do you do if you work out? My my working out is is lifting weights. I despise running, although I should probably do it more often. Okay, Okay, so look at it this way. And I live from time to time not as much as i run or bike or do other things but if i go to the gym i'm gonna go tomorrow morning i'm gonna go at seven okay i wake up and i'm driving to the gym and i'm like ah oh, man i don't i don't feel great i don't know if i didn't sleep good i don't feel great but you know what i'm gonna manage i'm gonna do my best to still have a good workout so i, I was going to the gym and i was gonna plan to do 15 minutes on the stairmaster and then do some curls do some presses do some you know five lifts uh and then i was gonna do a couple planks well i don't feel great this morning but you know what I'm going to do the Stairmaster. I'm going to do three of the five lifts, and then I'm going to plank. Like, that's Julio Tehran. Like, he gets out there. All right, we're down 2 nothing. That's not great. But just let me get through five innings and keep it at three runs, and that's still a success. The same way you can still have a successful workout, even if you don't feel great. I think that's a good way of looking at some of these Brewers starters. Yeah, it's definitely a good, uh, a good analogy there. I couldn't uh, think of any lifts, though. I'm showing my inexperience and my, uh, well, I'm skinny. I got chicken arms, which I need to fix okay. that. I would say Julio Tehran is the calf raises of working out. <laughs> I do, do skip all the time. I do skip leg day. <laughs> it's not great. That's okay. I Everyone skip. skips leg day every once in a while and sometimes all the time. So. I don't skip leg okay. day. I just ignore my legs. I don't do legs at all. So, But I run. Well, I feel like you, that's a little bit of a workout, you know, for the legs. I would say if you run, if you run I think that, that counts. Um I don't run and I don't do leg day, so that's yeah. kind of like a double jeopardy there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but if your arms are big enough, no one cares, I suppose. That's the way I'd look at it, Darno. I guess I'll, I'll I'll take that one to the bank. My arms are big enough, my legs don't matter. There you so. go. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, Darnell. I got to take a break. Yeah, yeah have a good one. Have a good one. That's Darnell and Madison, 608-321-1670. We got a couple minutes. I got one person on hold. I won't make you wait through the break. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Well, I was just really hoping to hop on after Cone and just de- keep derailing Grant's baseball talk in mid-July. Oh, that's okay. Look, I got my lead in. I got my 10 minutes to build up the Brewers starting pitching and say, hey, I'm actually impressed, right? They fight hard. They're resilient, blah, blah, blah. I talked about quality starts. That's the one statistic that I kind of circled today while getting ready for the show. So now, between now and 5.05, all, all else I really want to talk about is maybe they should call up Keston here because Jesse Winker stinks. And then there's a, a there quote from a Kurt Hogue article. I'm going to read that. The rest is wide open, Vagabond John. We can talk about whatever you want. I think uh, as the most casual of all casual baseball players, I even will admit that after that sweep, I do check the Bleacher Report app for the Brewers' score most days. So that's the phase I'm at. Oh, I'm not yeah. watching games, but I'm checking scores. And last night I even watched the whatever the stat cast to watch like the strikeout or whatever happened at the end happened in real time from the from the stat cast. So that's where I'm at. But 
I wanted to talk a little running back today because yeah. the morning show had a very interesting conversation about Aaron Jones and what I think, and I was kind of holding this in my back pocket for August, but, you know, since it happened, the morning show tried to get on, but I want to set a narrative out there that I think people don't talk enough about when we're criticizing our Packers coaches. Oh. As everybody knows, I'm the captain of the Joe Barry conductor, sorry, of the Joe Barry hype train. A lot of the criticism comes from, well, he's got Jair Alexander, and he doesn't use him right. He plays too soft. And I come back, and I'm like, well, why aren't we, as a Packer nation, why aren't we more mad that Aaron Jones would go to halftime multiple times last year with, like, four touches? And yeah. then these running back lists come out, and Aaron Jones is not listed in the top ten. And I'm a little mad about it. And I know it's July, and it's it's, it's officially let's get mad about list season, so – Get ready, fantasy football guys. It's gonna it's gonna keep going all the way through. But you know, Aaron Jones being left out of the top ten. I mean, anybody that actually watches the game, watches his downfield route running, watches his explosiveness to the hole, understands that this is an important guy, and he got his paycheck, unlike the other guys. But I was kind of curious, Grant. Where do you think Aaron Jones lands on the scale of running back in the NFL? There have been a lot of arguments that have taken place on Packers Twitter, Vagabond John, and it's mostly fought between Andy Herman, the Hermanator, and Pete Bukowski, and then, you know, Zach Jacobson will jump in, and, like, you know, these are kind of the the powers. They're like World War II, you know, you're, you're, you're big, the leaders of the big world powers. These guys are always going back and forth over, you know, are the Packers rebuilding? No, they're retooling. No, you know, all those types of things. Of all of the things that have been debated on Packers Twitter the last couple of months by those characters that I just mentioned, I think I care about this one the least. I don't care nationally how Aaron Jones is ranked and considered, and and I don't know if this is a day and age where we can rank running backs anymore, Vagabond John, because every team uses their running back differently, and every running back has such a different skill set. There's never been more diversity at that position, and I know you know, the contract stuff, and that's tough, and, and we don't need to talk about that today unless you want, but I just think there's so many gifted, talented running backs that do all sorts of things. I don't know how we can compare them. Yeah, I totally agree. Quickly on the contract stuff, you know, I grew up in 2006 to 2008 in high school and middle school playing that, you know, all of the Madden games where you get to create a player, and the two types of players that everybody who played that game created were either a running back or a quarterback. That's what you wanted to be when you're playing the video game, right? Yeah. So if you think about the the guys who are now between the ages of 18 and, and 34, right, the NFL years and college years, they grew up really, really idolizing running backs and quarterbacks. So my hypothesis on the running back contract situation is that all the best athletes wanted the spotlight. All of the best athletes wanted to be either a quarterback or running back. And now we're seeing, you know, undrafted guys coming in and playing excellently. Well, yeah, even the undrafted guy, if that guy chose to be an outside linebacker and beef up, or if he chose to go be a safety, he would have been incredible at it. Braylon Allen, great example, right? He was a safety in high school. Yeah. But these guys want the limelight. So all the best athletes overcrowded the running back position and devalued it because the 35th best running back hmm. is still a better overall athlete than the, you know, fifth best safety. Jamal Adams could have been an awesome running back. He chose to go safety, and guess what? He's going to make a heck of a lot more money than Melvin Gordon. 
So probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. I, I never understood the Jamal Jamal Adams contract. It's like, oh, so he doesn't get picks. He mostly just blitzes. But that's not what we're talking about. Keep going. I cut you off. But, yeah, I mean, just imagine if you had uh, Melvin Gordon's a great example, 6'3", super fast, incredible athlete in all regards. If that guy chose to play safety, heck, if he even chose to play inside linebacker and beef up a little bit, he would have been better than pretty much everybody who naturally went to those positions. I think football is unique in that sense when these kids are in eighth grade. We don't really know what their body size is going to be when they're when they fill out. And they're all choosing to focus so much on running back. That's why it's overcrowded. Now, getting back to what we were just talking about, argument is not necessarily I also don't care about national rankings as much. My argument that I'm more interested in is Aaron Jones does not get the national hype because of how um, how misused he was, right? 34 yeah. was so impossible for the Packers last year. When you have one of the most dynamic playmakers in the league in the backfield, it just seemed like he was just never getting those options. Um, and that's my take. So I actually have one running back thing that I want to ask you about before we take a break. But in response to what you just said, this conversation is interesting because, you know, you could argue, well, the Packers are one of the few teams paying their running back to stick around. Why don't they use him? But then you could also come from the other side and be like, the Packers want to protect him and preserve him because they've paid him and invested in him. So we could talk ourselves in circles, you know, day after day after day with the Aaron Jones stuff. Can I give you a start bench cut? Actually, this tweet formatted it incorrectly. It's supposed to be bench cut start. I like it in that order better. It's a college one. You might have seen this, but I saw some people tweeting about it. And I want your opinion. Ready? Puff or pass. Puff yes, or sir. pass. Okay, you can start bench and cut. These are the guys. Monte Ball at Wisconsin, Saquon Barkley at Penn State, Zeke Elliott at Ohio State. Oh, yes. I saw this. And I think, yeah. I mean, I'm starting Monte Ball because I was there in 2012. The but, but, Vagabond John, I feel like years removed what we saw with Saquon going to the NFL and Zeke Elliott with the Cowboys. I feel like the right college answer is Monte Ball. Is he not? Is it not? He was unbelievable. The college answer is Monte Ball. Okay, he okay. Was pushing thirty touchdowns. That yeah. much is clear. I would, I would take Saquon over Zeke. Only reason being is if you look at the players Zeke had around him, and I make this argument all the time during draft season. You really look at a running back. Okay, Zeke, great, you can do it, right? Same thing with J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You had five-star receivers all over the place. You were not the the focal point. I believe Zeke played with Michael Thomas. You know, this dude was not the guy when you look at Penn State you know Saquon was the guy Monte Ball yeah he was the guy and the other two guys happened to be James White and Melvin Gordon behind him at the same position but nobody cared about Alex Erickson you know he was caring that much Come about on. uh nice player that great great player right <laughs> if, you're, if you're going into a championship game no I'm trolling the coordinator is not sweating right when you have Zeke Elliott so I'm cutting the long-winded answer. I'm no, you're good. Deke, starting Monte, I'm keeping Saquon on the bench because that's he's a monster. I think that's the right answer. I think people forget how dominant Monte Ball was, and I think, and I'm I'm glad that you called in and I remembered. Oh my God, I saw this Monte Ball thing the other day. I wanted to ask you about. So thank you for coming in, breaking up the Brewers talk. I am going to get back into the Brewers in a couple minutes, but I got to take a break, Vagabond John. Sounds good, Grant. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Thanks, Vagabond John. Appreciate you as always. Thanks for talking college football and 
helping me talk college football because if you're a Brewers casual, that makes me a college football casual. That's how it works. We, 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 we help each other out on this show. We cover up for each other's strengths and weaknesses. Five minutes and we're back. We'll talk Keston here and Jesse Winker. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Brewers going to kick us off tonight around 5.05. Well, not around 5.05. They will kick us off precisely at five minutes and five seconds after five o'clock. Precisely. There's no about it. It'll be 5.05 on the dot. We have until then to talk more about the Brewers. I'm just becoming so perplexed with Jesse Winker and the way the Brewers use him. Which is to say, I'm surprised they're still using him at all, but I'm especially surprised they're using him as often as they are. And I'm especially, especially surprised that he's hitting fourth. I get he's got a DH, and they might not have a slam dunk better candidate to DH, but you don't need to hit him fourth. He doesn't need to be your cleanup guy. He does not have a double, a triple, or a home run. And I believe I wrote this down somewhere. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. I was wrong. I didn't write it down anywhere, but it's been a long time. You know this. You don't You don't need the stat. It's somewhere. I'll find it. <laughs> Maybe I'll find it right now. Let's get uh, John Boy in, who's giving us a call from Genoa. John Boy, what's going on? Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hey, how's it going? Uh, wanted to hopefully get the Brewers back on track and winning again. Um, it was a pretty good game, but it's so disappointing that they didn't pull it out, but as an opportunity. Yeah. I also want to give in a plug, uh, Holman graduate and UW lacrosse eagle got the call up at for the Padres today. Taylor uh, Cowley, I think it is. Damn straight. In the start for the Padres. Straight out of the WEAC. Conference of Champions, yeah. baby. All right, yeah. Oh, my God. Baseball conference there. Just producing MLB players left and right. Conference of Champions. Caleb Bushley's in the Brewer system too. UWL product as well. See? Everyone's doing it. Amen. Appreciate you, John Boy. Thanks for the shout out. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. It's John Boy. 608-321-1670. Where is this gosh darn Jesse Winker stat? I gave it to Bill today. This is my problem. Bill's getting all my good research in the afternoon. Scrolling. Yeah, I can't find it. I I did find this tweet. This one made me laugh. All of you can go ahead and hate on Jesse Winker. You'll be eating your words when he hits his second home run of the year in September. (laughs) Kurt Hogue, our friend from the Journal Sentinel, put out a piece today about Keston Hira and the absence of Keston Hira. Like, maybe why don't we call him up? He could be the DH, and they asked uh, Craig Council and some individuals involved with the Brewers yesterday pregame why that hasn't been the case. Council, and this is a direct quote from the story, quote, I'm not sure there's a ton of bats at DH. (laughs) Here's the stat. He has one home run and six extra base hits, currently riding a streak of 52 plate appearances without a double, triple, or a homer. Ah. 
Not exactly the guy who profiles as a cleanup hitter or a designated hitter. You see, a lot of people, we forget what DH actually stands for. It stands for designated hitter. You know, when 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 your position in a sport dictates the thing that you do, typically you have to be good at that thing. Like a place kicker. A place kicker must be good at kicking field goals. Otherwise, they will not be a place kicker. A kick returner must be good at returning kicks. Unless, of course, you play for the Green Bay Packers. Then that part is optional. A designated hitter must be good at hitting. I guess unless you're Jesse Winker, because he still keeps getting at bats. Let's take one call before we take our final break. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Affirmative Action, Pete. <gasps> Pete. Hey, Pete. Um, I, I want to say something. Your Disney call made me so happy. I feel like we've always been combative on this show. It's never been my intention. You've just called in to argue, so I've argued back with you. I enjoy your calls. I want you to know that. I don't want you to think I don't like you. Um, I want to talk, uh, well, I, I just want to set the record straight about something yeah. uh, that came up yesterday with uh, uh, Bill Zek. Mm-hmm. Yep. the owner. Bill, Bill, Bill Zek's one of the most important uh, figures in, in Major League Baseball. It, at the age of 23, he's the person that came up with the idea of uh, painting the ivy on um, in Wrigley Field. And then uh, as uh, he went off to World War II and he lost a leg, he was a Marine. When he came back, he, he owned the Cleveland uh, uh, Indians, and he interviewed, he uh, integrated the uh, uh, American League with, uh, he brought up Larry Doby. Before that, he tried to buy the Philadelphia Eagles, and his idea, the, not the Eagles, the, the Phillies, and his idea was to uh, stock the team with black players, but the, before the sale went through, that racist uh, commissioner, uh, uh, um, Gosh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, he wouldn't let him buy the team. It was uh, Landis. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, he also in 1959 when he bought the uh, the White Sox, he got them their first pennant in in 40 years. So, oh, and he came up with a lots of uh, uh, things like the exploding scoreboard and lots of uh, uh, promotions. Uh, so he's pretty, as uh, Major League Baseball goes, he, he's pretty important. I appreciate the history lesson, Pete. I feel like this is, and have a good night. I appreciate uh, Pete's role and what the role on, on, on the show for him is becoming. It's like when we mention things in passing, he calls in and, and gives us the rundown on what we need to know. Pete, I, I, and I came in here this morning, the other morning to talk to Ebo, and he's like, oh, I heard that, uh, I heard that Pete called your show to talk about Disney, and I'm like, yeah, what's his what's his story? And Evo's like, oh, Pete loves film, music, opera, big big arts guy. And I'm like, why has he never said that before? I feel like Pete Pete's called in, and, and other callers have argued with him, or I've you know fought back because I don't really love his take about the Brewers leaving Milwaukee and the idea of Milwaukee being a AAA city, but that's fine. We, you know, callers disagree. We disagree with each other all the time. Pete, you are you are a very valuable caller with valuable info. We need to we need to stop we need to stop arguing. We need more contributions from you. Thank you for the call. I I like you. I think you have the impression that maybe I don't. I definitely do. I like when you call affirmative action, Pete. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Could Pete be a better designated hitter than Jesse Winker? Buy buy or sell, Pete from Monona. Affirmative action, Pete would be a better cleanup hitter than Jesse Winker.
buy or sell. What do we think of that? Buy or sell. Let's take a three-minute break. We're going to wrap up the show in just a couple minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got a couple minutes before we break here. Five o'clock. We're going to be done at 5.05 because the Brewers are taking over. Appreciate calls from Pete and Vagabond John, Darnell, Cone Roller, of course, our uh, 420 appointment every day. Classic that a guy who goes by Cone Roller calls a sports show at 420. Appropriate. Brewers Phillies tonight. Jesse Winker is not in the lineup, which is weird. Jesse Winker is not playing DH tonight. And when asked about Keston Hira and maybe the potential that he has an opportunity and has earned an opportunity with the big league club, Craig Council said yesterday, I just don't see, I just don't see many at bat opportunities at DH. And obviously I was not a part of these meetings. I'm reading the transcript from Kurt Hogan, his story today, but my response would be, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? The John Cena quote. Are you sure you can't find any at-bats for Keston Hira? I feel like we could find some at-bats for Brandon Woodruff if Brandon Woodruff was healthy right now. It'd be a conversation that maybe he should be getting ups before Jesse Winker. This guy has sucked this year. Well, it just takes a while to get going. My brother in Christ, it's July 19th. Like, well, well, you know, we don't really start taking things seriously until Memorial Day. Memorial Day was, that's ancient history. So much has come and passed since Memorial Day. Oh, we'll all be eating our words when he hits his second home run of the year in September. <laughs> the tweet made me laugh. We'll wrap up the show in an awkward little couple of minutes. Brewers are going to kick us off at 5.05, so we'll go like three minutes. Maybe time to fit a call in. 608-321-1670. Got some tweets at Wisco Grant that I can read as well. Brewers Phillies tonight and Colin Ray on the mound. <laughs> Julio Tehran, Colin Ray. And you know what? Colin Ray is probably going to give us a quality start. Probably going to give the offense a chance to battle and win this game. Because that's what Colin Ray's done. That's what we've seen from, as we saw last night, Julio Tehran, even when it's not great. Manages a way to salvage the start and give the offense a chance. Last segment of the Wisco Sports Show. A couple minutes coming up next.